welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. We are continuing our uh, Christmas series, uh, which is entitled A Long Time Ago in a Galilee Far, Far Away. Uh, because we are living in New Zealand, you pretty much can't get further away than Israel. And the Christmas story happened in the region of Galilee. So um, I thought it was a pretty good message title, uh, series title for this Christmas series or this Christmas season. Uh, we're going to be following on today and looking at the shepherds because uh, you can't really talk about the Christmas story unless we talk about the shepherds. They play such a prominent role in the Christmas story. So last week we looked at Joseph. What this series really is, is just looking at uh, Christmas from the different characters of Christmas. So we're just going to pick up uh, the story where we left off reading last week, which is in Luke chapter 2. And we're reading from uh, verse 8 onwards. We're just staying in one portion of Scripture for the whole of this morning. Usually I like to jump around a bit, uh, but this time it's just in one portion of Scripture, the, the Christmas story in Luke 2. That night in a field near Bethlehem, shields were watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever seen or ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born to you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. An incredible, true story. And uh, before we get into uh, looking at the shepherds in detail, it's probably good to have a look at the background of shepherding, what shepherding was like um, in the Middle East in the time of Jesus. There are two trains of thought, actually. Um, scholars tend to disagree on what shepherding was really like. But there's two main um, thoughts here. The first one is that shepherding was just an ordinary job, that shepherding was hardly an impressive occupation, that it was very, very hard work. It was a 24-7 occupation that demanded long, lonely time away from family, and that shepherds were often overlooked um, in society. So that's the first train of thought. The second one is that shepherds were despised that they were close to the bottom of the social pecking order, that they were so distrusted that they were not even allowed to give testimony in court. So um, that's what shepherds were like. They were either despised or they were ordinary. No one ever sort of uh, grew up as a kid thinking, I, I just want to be a shepherd one day. It wasn't like that. But, but either way, um, shepherds weren't impressive people. They were ordinary. They were the nobodies of society. And one would have expected that God would have revealed Jesus' birth to kings first, right? Uh, but instead, 
God chose to give the greatest news the world had ever heard to, to, to shepherds, uh, the nobodies, the, the ordinary people of society. Which brings me to my first point. Number one, God chose to share the good news with the nobodies of the world first. God chose to share the good news with the nobodies of the world first. Nobody ever went out of their way to give good news to shepherds. The good news usually goes to the castle, but this time it went to the dirt and to the paddock and to the field. Good news usually goes to the rich and the high society, but this time it goes to the poor and the lowly. Good news usually goes to the somebodies, but this time it goes to the nobodies first. And I love that. And it echoes 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 to 29, which says that God chooses those that the world considers foolish, puny, powerless, lowly, laughable, the nobodies in the world's eyes. The good news is for everyone, everywhere. Not just um, people that have got it all together, not uh, just the people that are popular, but the, the nobodies, the, the ordinary people, the people that have been overlooked by society. And Christmas should be a time where uh, we're not lonely, that, that we are you know, full of joy and, and hope. But to so many people, Christmas um, is a, a painful time. It brings up bad memories. It reminds you of dysfunction and um, family feuds and, and conflict. Um, people feel lonely. People feel overlooked. People are thinking, well, does anyone actually know that I exist? Does anyone ever care? I want to say this Christmas, you are not forgotten. You are not overlooked. God does not overlook you. He loves you. You matter so much to Jesus. Uh, if God chose to bring the best news of the universe to nobodies first, He loves you. And he, He's chosen to give this incredible news of hope and help and rescue to you this Christmas. You have not been forgotten. You are not overlooked. The second uh, point this morning is the news is good. That's why it's called good news. You know, the angels didn't say, behold, I give you bad news, depressing news. It's good news. <laughs> the news is good. And let's just read that again in Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 10. But the angels reassured them saying, don't be afraid for I have come to bring you good news. And it even gets better than that. It says the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. Uh, some other translations say Saviour. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. So the good news is this, your rescuer, your Saviour is here. Now, the message of Christmas is not a message of anger or displeasure, but instead it is a message of hope and reconciliation. It, it really shows God's heart towards us that in our sin, we are lost without hope. But God has provided a saviour, a rescuer for us. So this is a, a different message than, than the message religion gives. Religion gives a message of God's displeasure with man, but the good news gives a message of God's love and God's desperation to rescue man. This doesn't mean that God's gone soft on sin. Uh, he has never gone soft on sin. Sin is so serious. In fact, He sent His Son 
to live as a man and then to die the most horrible death so that we could be saved from our sin. We can't pay the price of our sin. Um, Our blood can't wash sin away. It's only the blood of God's son that can wash sin away. God has never gone soft on sin. It's it's serious. If we die with uh, sin in our lives and the stain of sin um, in in our lives, then we're not going to be able to spend eternity with with God in heaven and the only other place is hell. So sin is very, very serious. But the good news is that God has provided a rescuer. He loves us so much. He, He wants to rescue us from sin. And God doesn't hate us. He's not super angry with us. He can't, it's not like he can, he's not going to throw us into hell because he hates us. He loves us so much and he's provided a way to rescue us from an eternity without him. So that has always been good news. That is so good news. And I think us as Christians, uh, we've, we've got to sort of live that. Um, you know, we shouldn't be pale and tragic and always depressed and angry um, and, and, and pushing people away. We should be showing and displaying in our lives and in our demeanors and in our hope the good news. It has always been good. Thirdly, Jesus dumped, dumpster dived <laughs> to give us peace. It's a bit of a weird point. Um, and, and we don't sort of say dumpsters over here in New Zealand, but we sort of all know what it is. It's like the, those massive steel bins at the back of shops. Um, I don't even know if they're called skip bins, but dumpster bins. And this is what the definition of dumpsters, a dumpster diver is. A person who searches through rubbish containers for items of value. Uh, so my wife can tell you a lot about this. She's got some experience with this growing up. And I'm going to give you in so much trouble after this. Uh, but you guys know the, know the thing, you know, to dive into a dumpster to find uh, items of value in, in the rubbish that's in there. This is what Jesus did. He dumpster dived into our world to give us peace. He dumpster dived into this earth to rescue us. Just imagine what earth was like compared to heaven. And he left heaven um, to come to this this dumpster of of earth so that he could rescue us. And it actually gets better than that. He doesn't just dumpster dive into this world to rescue us. He dumpster dives into our lives to rescue us from all the rubbish and the sin and the hurt and the pain that, that we have in our lives. That's how amazing and loving Jesus is. In Luke 2 verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. This world is looking for peace everywhere, especially in this uh, time of shaking. It's just that people are living, uh, looking for peace in all the wrong places. But God came and made a way for a man to have peace and a woman, obviously, with God. And no one else can give us the peace that Jesus gives. Nothing else, no one else can even come close to the peace that Jesus gives, the lasting peace. And why is that? Because Jesus' name is the Prince of Peace. He came to forgive us of our sins. He came to heal our brokenness. He came to still the storms in our lives. He came to take the sting out of death. He came to make something beautiful out of our lives. And I could go on for for a long, long time. Um, The peace that Jesus brings, He dumpster dives or dumpster dived to give us peace. He dumpster dived into our lives 
to give us hope and to rescue us. That is good news. And my last point, how should we respond now to this incredible news that uh, this amazing news can come to nobodies, um, that it's, it's news, it's good, it's, it's uh, hope and peace. In Luke 2 verse 15 to 16, carrying on the story now. When the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find this word who was born in Bethlehem. It's another name for Jesus. And see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the ba- uh, baby. I was going to say there was the Barry. There was the baby lying in a feeding trough. How should we respond? Firstly, they ran as fast as they could to meet Jesus. They said, let's go. And they hurried to meet Jesus. Jesus wants to save us from a life of sin, a life of pain and despair. He wants to give us hope. Um, He wants to give us, uh, make us a new creation. He wants to give us heaven and eternal life. And, And these shepherds understood that. They dropped everything and they ran. They understood that it was good news. They wanted rescue. Don't be slow in giving your life to Jesus Today, I know there's always a bit of a wrestle. I know with some people it can be embarrassing, but this is the greatest news the whole world has ever heard, that you can be saved, that you can be set free. Don't be slow. Hurry, run uh, while there is time. So they ran as fast as they could, and we need to do the same. And verse 17, upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted, What had just happened, everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. In verse 17 in the New Living Translation, it says, After seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel told them. So they hurried first and then they told everyone they could. They couldn't help but tell everyone of this incredible, awesome news. And you know what? When you're passionate about something, you can't help but tell people about it. It's not like a forced thing. It's not like you're Bible bashing or anything. If, if Jesus is real, if you've understood salvation, if He has truly set you free, then it's not going to be hard to tell people in an authentic, non-pushy way about that. If we're passionate about Jesus, we won't be able to tell, help but tell people about Him. And this is the, another cool thing about the Christmas story. The very first evangelists, the very first missionaries weren't people that um, had had it all together, weren't people that were good at sharing and, and good at debating and good at persuading, weren't, weren't people that um, were the accepted of society. The very first missionaries were ordinary people, just like you and just like me. Verse 20, the shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified Him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. So they returned to their normal everyday life, but everything had changed. They now praised God and they glorified Him. They weren't just believers in Jesus. They had seen Jesus. They knew that the Messiah had been born, but 
it, it showed in every part of their life. They didn't just believe anymore. Now they wanted to live their life to glorify Him. They glorified Jesus. They were God glorifiers. And that's really a huge challenge for us, um, that we hurry to meet with Jesus. We hurry to get right with Jesus. We hurry to have that relationship with Jesus. And we are ones that tell people that we aren't ashamed to tell people of the hope in Jesus that we have. But in our lives, it, it now means that we want to live to glorify Him. And I, I think as, as Christians, some of us get this wrong. We, we, we live a life and it's full of condemnation and law and rules and we don't want to disappoint God and, and we, we feel always down in ourselves because we're not reaching this, this certain level of holiness. But when you think about it, when we have a relationship with God, then you want to please Him. It's like when you're married, you don't want to do dumb stuff to, to really hurt your, your wife or your husband. You, you live in a way to please them, hopefully. Um, and now as believers in Jesus, that we have this relationship, we know He's real, we know He's saved us from hell. We know that life, uh, that God's given us the destiny. We want, to, we want to please Him with our lives. We don't just want to believe in Him anymore. We want to please Him with the decisions that we make. So we want to pursue God. We want to help others pursue God. And we want to be God glorifiers. I love giving people the opportunity of giving their lives to Jesus or if they're living a life away from Jesus, uh, giving them the opportunity to return to Him. It's the most important decision you will ever make. If you're listening to this or watching this right now and you know that you've never given your life to Jesus, or you know that you're not in a good place with them, I really encourage you, I urge you, be like these shepherds, hurry back to Jesus. Give Him your life. You will never, ever, ever regret it. And um, you'll, you'll begin to live your life. It's gonna still have its ups and downs, but you'll have this assurance in your heart that you'll be in heaven one day in paradise forever and ever, but also in this life that you'll have a life full of purpose and destiny and hope. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.